0: Would you like to get an investment from Mark Cuban and the sharks? My next guest, Adele Archer, did just that. She got a $600,000 investment for 9% of her company, one of the highest valuations on Shark Tank. Uh, Very impressive. And uh, during this chat, we spoke about her Shark Tank experience. We spoke about how she uses storytelling in selling her products and services online, as well as her thoughts on the current economic climate. Hope you enjoyed this interview. This episode is brought to you by Incrementum Digital, which is my Amazon-sponsored ads management company, where we help you grow your Amazon business using the power of advertising on Amazon. You can email me at Liran, L-I-R-A-N, at Incrementum Digital com for more information on us managing your Amazon brand for growth. And hope you enjoy this interview. I'm really excited uh, to introduce uh, Adele Archer uh, to the show. Uh, Adele is the CEO and co-founder of Eternova. Uh, it's an innovative company that honors the lives of of remarkable people and pets by turning their cremated ashes into diamonds. Um, in 2019, Eternova was named Consumer Startup of the Year by the Stevie Awards and was featured on Shark Tank, we received an investment from Mark Cuban. Adele's been featured on both Inc. and Forbes' coveted list of 30 under 30. Prior to founding Eternava, Adele received her MBA in entrepreneurship at the Acton School of Business, which is kind of considered the Navy SEAL program for entrepreneurs. And at just 23, she graduated valedictorian of her class. She spent four years as a product marketing leader in tech, launching major products to market uh, with partners like Amazon, eBay, Square, Facebook, Pinterest, and Twitter. Um, Welcome to the e-commerce mindset podcast.
1: Thank you so much. So glad to be here.
0: Yeah, so so you and I met um, right before the big lockdown. Um, I was on a... On a flight coming back from Austin to New York, you were you were flying into New York. Um, we just uh, spoke briefly before we turned on the mic. Um, both of ours, a kind of last trip um, before the lockdown happened.
1: hmm I know, famous uh-huh. last trip.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, so let's. Uh, I want to hear your story a little bit. Um, I, I saw that you you kind of you you started this company. Uh, Eternava after you had like a personal experience of um, you know dealing with somebody that passed and kind of how to best memorialize them and so how did you go from that to starting like a viable a viable company that turns people's ashes into diamonds?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely if you talk to 12-year-old Adele, I don't think I would have ever said this is what I want to be when I grow up. But now I'm here. It's just the most amazing and meaningful work. Um, But yeah, I I think sometimes life just, you know, happens for you and and you don't know why, but you're tapped to work on something. And, you know, so my business partner Garrett and I originally were in the lab-grown diamond business um, and we were starting a lab-grown diamond company um and you know as exactly as you mentioned i had my very close friend and my business mentor right around that time get diagnosed with pancreatic cancer um and she passed away and you know, for me, Tracy was like one of the most special people. Like, you know, we all have somebody that we are who we are because of their influence on our life. And, and she was for sure that for me. And so she actually left her ashes to three of us that were kind of her closest people because she didn't have any direct immediate family. Um, And so, yeah, I just, I felt like this real personal, you know, responsibility and, and just, you know, kind of, calling to make sure that she was memorialized in a really extraordinary way, because she's just somebody we need to keep talking about. and it was over dinner with one of the diamond scientists, he mentioned this option to me. Um, And I actually went to go start this process with another company, and was just really honestly turned off by the experience. They were very transactional. You know, they didn't ask who this was for. And, you know, most importantly, they weren't transparent about the process. And I was like, well, how do I know, you know, this is really happening and, and, you know, kind of what's going on behind closed doors. And, you know, so, I didn't end up going with them, and the more that we looked into it, and we validated the science, and tested her ashes for carbon, and you know, it all checked out. I was like, "This is amazing," and it doesn't surprise me. Nobody has heard of this, you know. I feel like it's being executed on wrong, and and we could do this so much better, and in, in a really you know thoughtful, meaningful way for people. So that was honestly how a was born. Tracy was our first diamond that we made. Wow. Wow.
0: <laughs> Um, and, and like you said, you know, um, the other companies out there as far as transparency, which is, I think really, really important on, on, you know, this kind of, uh, this, this kind of thing that somebody's doing, they want to know that, like, how do you actually know that the carbon, that the ashes you're giving are being turned into a diamond, right? Like that there's nothing fishy going on behind the scenes and that it really is that, um, so, um, so how long ago was it when you started the company?
1: Um, so we launched, I mean, officially, officially Q4 2017, um, we're moonlighting for quite a while, uh, yep. while working at tech companies in Austin. And, you know, then we're like, okay, you know, I, I think there really is something here, um, just with how immediate the response was. As soon as we launched our website, you know, there were people reaching out to us with just the most, um, inspiring and heartbreaking stories, just really needing something special for their loved ones. So um, we knew pretty much off the bat, we had hit validation point.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and did you, I mean, what was your strategy and sort of like, you know, this is kind of like, it's not just a, it's not necessarily a product people are necessarily like looking for, right? Like, how how do you get, like, it's kind of like a education process, right? That like, how do you get the word out that, like, I think for a lot of people, they don't even know that this concept exists right like that this this is an option like somebody dies you either bury them you you get their ash you cremate them you bury them we have funerals right and you know I think the conversation I had with you I remember on the flight one of the things you were telling me was that the whole the whole funeral or ashes the whole thing is very sort of like gloom and doom kind of thing instead of celebrating somebody's life and like your company kind of looks at it the other way right looks at it as like a celebration of somebody's life and memorializing them in a positive way how do you Mm -hmm. you know figure out okay well we need to educate people about this you know most most people sort of selling products online or in e-commerce are you know they're running facebook ads they're they're Mm -hmm. running ads on google right they're doing youtube like how do you get the word out um to educate people
1: yeah, I mean, it's definitely super interesting. Like I come from an e-commerce background as well and, you know, have worked in B2B tech and, you know, worked on various different brands. And, you know, the, the marketing around Ateneva is not quite as straightforward as, um, you know, like you said, just throwing up some Facebook ads and, and driving conversions. Um, you know, it's, it's so much about, uh, what we find at least is storytelling is really, really, really key. Um, you know, certainly, as you said, we need to raise a lot of awareness. And then we have to have somebody, you know, really feel a personal resonance with the mission and the idea and like have somebody that they say, you know, that would be my relationship. I would do this for, because um, you're not going to do a diamond for everybody. This is like your most important right. people that you want to keep with you. Um, and so a lot of what we do um PR has always been a big part of our strategy. Um, video storytelling is a big part of our strategy. Um, and we never talk about ourselves. You know, this is not about a turn of a, you know, or ashes to diamonds. You know, we, we absolutely do all that. You go on our website, we've got all the science and you can dig in and, you know, we're ultra, ultra transparent and that's a core brand tenant. But that's not what we market. We talk about how extraordinary these people are that we're doing these diamonds for and the stories behind the diamond, um, because that's really what it's all about is honoring these amazing people, you know, what made them so remarkable in this life. Let's keep talking about them because they deserve that. And when you go and you put these stories out in the world, they catch fire because somebody sees their loved one's story in that story, you know, and, and especially if you kind of tribally focus it, you know, so we have our military tribe and we have our breast cancer tribe and, you know, we have all of these different tribes of people, you know, that when they hear that hero story, they're like, Oh my God, that's my mom. You know, I would love to do this for her. And, and there's just this word of mouth amplification that happens. Um, and it's just, it's a funny thing to measure, <laughs> for sure, um, hard to measure, um, but what we know is when somebody hears about a turnover on average, they're telling 20 other people about it. Um, Shark Tank, great example, majority of our customers, we've got tons of customers from Shark Tank, we're not the people that were watching it, it's who they then told. Um, so they'd be in the barber shop, and their barber would have just lost their mom and said, I heard the most amazing idea on Shark Tank, um, and then that, that's how the barber found us and decided to do this for his mom. Um, so you know, it's it's constant stories like that. Um, you know, but certainly a lot of strategy wrapped in. Of course, you know, we do do uh, paid digital. We do um, you know paid ads. A lot of uh, you know overarching PR. A lot of content marketing and content strategy. Um, You know, organic social media is a huge part of it. You know, you're building that tribe and that community and that following. And, you know, eventually when somebody has a life event, this is a no brainer. This is what you go do. Um, And and now it's launching even b 2 b to c So going through the channel with funeral homes and veterinarian offices and, you know, more established channels as well.
0: Got it. And so um, you mentioned you mentioned Shark Tank. And so I think a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people who listen, um, you know, probably have thoughts about like, it'd be amazing to have my product on Shark Tank, have that have that visibility. And you actually got uh, a deal from uh, Mark Cuban, um, which is which is pretty awesome. Um, How did you how, how did that happen? You know, what kind like, who had the idea of like, hey, let's go on Shark Tank and like, how long was the process? And then, you know, you also hear about, uh, so many of the, even the deals that happen on Shark Tank don't end up actually happening after the fact, because there's a lot of like due diligence and it's a long process. Um, Mm -hmm. so what was, what was that experience like? How did you end up, you know, taking this company to, to Mark Cuban?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, uh, it was definitely very interesting, like in terms of, so they they reached out to us, um, you know, seeing if we wanted to go on. And in early days, we were like, yeah, we're not ready. You know, we our our supply chain cannot handle that scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got it to that place, and you know, kind of reopened that conversation. Um, you know, they did with us, and and so we're like, okay, yeah, let's do this. Um, and you know, I think the way that we really think about it, or we thought about it, was we are so like awareness is a major part of, you know, how we need to be marketing is raising awareness. Um, so it's great for that. We're also a very word of mouth worthy brand, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of at least for us, how we did the ROI on, you know, you have to think about this is not going to be the best deal, you know, like right. this is, these are not going to be terms that you're going to go get market. Um, but you know, is it worth it from an exposure standpoint? Um, you know, for us, 7 million viewers times 20 that they're all going to go tell, like, that's, you know, definitely kind of a a strong ROI. Um, And then, you know, I think too, as we kind of went into it, uh, there is so much like strategy around how different people think about it and like, you know, what your tact you're going to take. And I think there's kind of two camps, there's companies that, you know, are are newer and greener, and they're going to have one conversation with the sharks. And then there's companies that, you know, have had a lot more traction and might have raised some money already. And, you know, right. like that's another level that you're going to have with the sharks. And right. so um, you have to really prepare your objection handling and, and be super on your feet. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it was a crazy experience. We walked off and the uh, some of the, the folks who work on the show said that our negotiation was one of the most intense they've seen in all uh, 11 seasons. So
0: wow.
1: <laughs> it was pretty crazy <laughs> wow. but and great outcome we're super super delighted
0: yeah so how how long was the actual you know experience obviously on tv it's like you know five minute clip yeah how long are you actually there like going back and forth
1: and, I think and we how were much, in there. how much do you feel is
0: like real in terms of what you see versus like scripted edited
1: yeah so nothing Uh, it's, it's, they do actually a great job with that. Um, They don't know anything about your company going into it. And they're very, very, you know, uh, thorough with ensuring that's the case. Mm -hmm. So this is literally the first time they've heard of you. Um, Mm -hmm. We were in there for 50 minutes and I mean, it definitely is as intense as they show, you know, there's no music or anything, but like they're all, you know, yelling over each other and, you know, you have to kind of like figure out who you're going to go to and then how do you like hook back around to what you want to talk about and, you know, kind of make sure you get your sound bites in. And um, yeah, it was, it was a crazy experience. I've got to say, like I, I was exhausted afterwards.
0: (laughs) You got to deal, you got to deal with Mark Cuban and then how long does it take to actually sort of like, sort of like wrap up that deal um yeah following right there's a lot of work that goes on after
1: Mm -hmm. yeah there definitely is um yeah we uh it was a few months of diligence um so we were able to to finish our diligence before we aired um but yeah i mean it's definitely you know you're you're going to go through a whole kind of fundraising process um with your shark and Um, you know, but I think, I think that that's another thing that I advise folks is like, make sure you go into it with the intention of taking, you know, a deal because, um, you know, they, they fully expect that, you know, you should too, just know your boundaries and stay within your bounds. Um, you know, we were super grateful. We got a top 5% valuation, I believe ever offered on the show. So, you know, definitely pushed hard to get that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: and, and, and what, I mean you 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 make an interesting point about you know going on the show to to go make a deal, but you also i mean there're probably people that go on just for the exposure and publicity, and sometimes they get called out for it but um, would you advise mm-hmm. would you advise against that about just going on for the exposure, knowing that you're probably not going to take a deal
1: you know i mean I think it depends on on a where your life your your business is at, because I think they kind of use that as a negotiation strategy too, you mm-hmm. know, calling you out for being on it for exposure, because, you know, then they're trying to get you to take a deal yeah. um, in, some, in some ways. Um so, you know, A, know that they could say that regardless. They said it to us and we intended to take a deal. So um, you know, that's that's just gonna be the case. But, you know, I think uh, as long as your brand, you know, can kind of stand up to you, even if you don't take a deal, um, It is, you know, people really uh, worship Shark Tank. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, when you don't take a deal, people can perceive it as like, you know, a failure. Right. Right. Um, And, you know, so I think as long as your product and your brand can kind of stand up to, you know, people just hearing the story for the story. um, But, you know, and then there's kind of behind the scenes strategy that, people will talk about like, you know, what are your odds of airing if you do take a deal versus you don't, you right. know, there's people that literally analyzed all the episodes going back and say like, you have this much more probability of airing if you take a deal. Um, right. So I mean, it's, it's all I, you know, I can't say any of that conclusively, but um, it sounds like, you know, you you're in a better place if you do take one.
0: Right. So, right. So you may not, you, if you're just coming for the exposure and they see that, then you, you, they may not even air your, your appearance. And, um, and so, um, so Mark, so Mark Cuban does a deal. Um, how involved is, um, how involved is like, you know, Mark Cuban, like how, how much benefits do you get out of having like a Mark Cuban as a, as a, like an equity partner in the company?
1: Yeah, he's great. I mean, he definitely, um, you know, is, is insanely responsive. He is the most responsive human being I've ever met. Anything, anytime I email him, he's going to respond within probably 20
0: minutes.
1: (laughs) So I don't know, he can't sleep. It's just not possible. Um, But um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, with with any investor that, um, you know, is going to be higher profile and and super busy, it's like what you make of the relationship, right? And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so just being thoughtful about uh, you know, what are some ways that you can leverage him? And, um, you know, he's been super helpful in, in thinking through multiple different things, our consumer financing strategy, you know, I kind of ran by him and was talking with him about, um, you know, obviously everybody always wants to talk about like, you're backed by Mark Cuban and like that does, there's real brand value to that. Um, but I think what he appreciates is that, you know, he's not just used for his, you know, quotes in an article, like he wants to be helpful. And, and so to, uh, you know, reach out and and kind of uh, use them as a sounding board on some different topics. Um, Loved, I mean, just recently, uh, I found out through a a business development conversation we're having with a funeral home network that um, we had told them, you know, that uh, a lot of funeral homes were short on protective equipment during COVID. their last line defenders that, you know, are essential workers. And in some States they weren't being classified as such. So they weren't getting any gear and, you know, they were really, you know, badly at risk. Right. And so we put together a fund kind of a coalition within the industry and, and we're raising money for it. And I was telling Mark about it. And then unbeknownst to me, he was, his team was sending um, free lunches to all the local funeral homes in Texas. So it's just cool things like that, that I just think, um, you know, he's, he's very supportive beyond just like your core business strategy and, um, right. you know, helping do good, you know, that's, that's an extension of your company and your mission too.
0: Got it. And so, um, I guess on, on Shark Tank, um, any advice you would have for people who want to get on the show or like you said, initially it wasn't the right time. You have to also know how to deal with the the scale. Um, being on Shark Tank can backfire if I've seen it right where they're like, it's a terrible idea or mm-hmm. you don't know your numbers and you look dumb. Um, any, any specific advice for somebody who thinks, you know, man, I have a product that if I got it on Shark Tank, my brand would, you know, skyrocket.
1: Follow up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would, I would definitely advise people to, uh, you know, to wait, um, and do it once you already have had traction and success. Mm -hmm. Um, for many reasons, like a, you're not going to give away, you know, a bunch of your business. Like it's heartbreaking to me when people give 30 40 50 percent of their business away i'm like no <laughs> like give six to nine you know um so i i would definitely advise like be patient show traction you know and then go on um and uh you know know that also be prepared that you are also showing a lot of the world your business and you have right. to like share your margins you have to share everything right. so you know there are going to be copycats that immediately spring up so are you ready to accelerate what you're doing to be able to be out in front of people who start copying you um, so that's another consideration for sure right. um, and then I would say like you prepare differently if you you know have more traction versus you know if you're a newer company if you have more traction make sure you get like the toughest Mark Cubans that you possibly can in a room, and like do a lot of practice, you know, and have them grill you and just ask the hardest questions that they possibly can. Um, because yeah, it's it's you know not even like a normal investor conversation. You're kind of like you need to be ready to be interrupted five times and and kind of dynamically go with it and decide who you're going to respond to and what's going to be the short sound bite that you give for it. And so it's it's definitely a different conversation flow. Right. Um, yeah, but and for those otherwise. that don't know, what
0: was what was your deal um, that you got on the show?
1: Um, so we he met us at an eight million valuation um, and then we gave him a couple points of advisor shares. So he's actually an an internment advisor. We get an hour of his time every month.
0: Nice. Um, that That's awesome. So um, did you have and did you have issues as far as like, you know, I see sometimes people come on and they've raised money already and then you know a shark needs to get a higher valuation and sort of like the company has raised money in the past so you have to deal with that or did you have to deal with that after the fact when trying to you know raise raise more money for the company the fact that you know you gave equity at a maybe at a higher valuation
1: or a lower valuation
0: you gave it yeah. you gave equity uh, at a valuation yeah
1: yeah um Not really. I mean, I I normally I'm just like, that was a Shark Tank deal, guys. You know, we all know what those are. (laughs) (laughs) So that's not market. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, people definitely, you know, 100% get that. You know, you you just walk them through the business math of and none of them ever push back. But it's like, you know, yeah, of course, you know, getting in front of 7 million people and having them tell their friends and family like totally worth it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and so now we're in this. You were uh, when we were on a flight. You were flying to New York. You were uh, talking about you know raising raising some some funds. Uh, mm-hmm. Now we got into COVID. What how have you seen? Sort of like that landscape. Have you seen a change? Is money as readily available um, for our you know for business owners mm-hmm. that are looking to raise money? Um, mm-hmm. What's what have you seen? You know you 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 have a higher price product um Mm -hmm. right like how uh, you know as compared to like the average product that's sold online right um have you seen sort of the current economic landscape like affect your your business
1: yeah yeah i mean on on the fundraising side it, it is fascinating i feel like it's an environment that is changing literally every single day um you know just in terms of like how people are kind of responding reacting you know, when you and I met, um, I was flying out to New York. Originally, we were opportunistically going to go for a series A and and just raise a big round and be done for a while. Um, And we actually decided to instead raise, you know, another uh, seed extension. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm just so glad we did that, you know, that we pivoted because that was able, we were, we made it inside lead. And then we oversubscribed that, you know, super quickly. Um, But, you know, in terms of like talking to some of the institutional investors, we were, you know, looking at for our, a uh, probably about 60% of them dropped out of the process saying, you know, Oh my gosh, we have portfolio fires right now. I'm so sorry, but we need to take a pause for, you know, 30, 60 days. And um, so if you were trying to run a good process during that time, like it was not going to happen, you know, and it had nothing to do with you, but you know, then you kind of see like it, it was very interesting I would say, cause we had have wonderful new investors that just joined our seed extension, mm-hmm. but I thought it was kind of cool. Cause you're, you're basically getting to see how people do, you know, under stress and, right. and, in not good times quote, you right. know, so you always want to know, you know, how are your investors during good times and then how are they, you know, during, you know, tougher times. Right. So I think that was kind of cool, like getting to see that upfront and make a decision based on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, uh, but in terms of COVID overall, um, I don't think any of us knew how it was going to affect our businesses. It's like such a different down cycle than, you know, what a normal down cycle is. And, right. um, the winners and losers are like totally unpredictable okay. or, um, and so we didn't know where we were going to fall on that. To your point, you know, we are a higher price product, mm-hmm. um, But you know, during this time, we've actually seen our average order value climb like twenty percent, and you know, we're doing exceptionally well on the sales side. And you know, I think it it just makes a lot of sense because. Um, I mean, it's, it's just super, super sad, but people like can't get together right now to have funerals, right? They're literally not allowed to gather. And so, you know, if you're losing a loved one, like, especially in the Northeast, you're not allowed to see them in the hospital because of COVID, you know, and then they'll pass and you're not allowed to attend their funeral. Um, and you're over a zoom call, just watching this remotely. And so it's going to be really bad for people's grief process. And, you know, so I think because of, um, the diamond journey is designed to be a very shareable experience, and it's all online. We actually launched our dedication pages early, um, which allow for the entire diamond journey, which we used to just send one to one to our customers with all the updates. Mm-hmm. You know, it's now able to be one to many. You know, you can subscribe mm-hmm. to the page, and the whole friends and family community. You know, will get these pictures and videos and updates, and, like celebration of all the different milestones within that seven month process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, for people who need a way for their community to rally around them, to support them through grief, you know, this is really a perfect option. So I think we're just, we're really seeing that resonate with people and, you right. know, um, Shark Tank, yeah. I mean, it's, sorry, different thought. Yeah, it's
0: so it's, it's a seven month process to create the the diamond from the ashes.
1: Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, seven uh, to eight, depending. And so yeah. during
0: that time, you're getting updates, videos, like on the process. Then when, when you mentioned kind of the, the transparency, during during that time, you're you're participating sort of like in that process of what's happening?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So in the beginning, you know, it was 100% all about transparency. It was a very kind of functional, mm-hmm. you know, reason that we were doing it was just having people know, here's exactly what's going on, you know, watch us do these, like these different steps. We'll send right. you pictures, videos, et cetera. Um, and you know, as we were doing that, it was just so crazy when we started seeing people's reactions, you know, I'd, you'd send them a picture of like their rough diamond that was just grown. And you know, they were like, Oh my God, I'm at work and I'm bawling. Like, you have no idea what this means to me. I showed everyone in the office and then I emailed it to all my friends and family and I posted it on Instagram and we're like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Like, well, we need to do more then. Cause clearly this journey is just so value add. And so we just kept like, figuring out how to up the Annie more and, you know, kind of like make it more of a storytelling journey. And like, it really is about someone's transformation over that time. And, you know, you're educating them on the science and, you know, doing all of that. But, you know, you're also helping them feel like they have something positive to look forward to on a monthly basis. You know, there's the next milestone and next milestone. And, you know, it just builds this anticipation that when the diamond finally comes home, what a lot of our customers say is like, it's just that day we call it the homecoming, you know, there's this peace and calm and closure and you just kind of move into your next chapter, you know, with your grief. And so, um, yeah, I think that's been a big aha for us as we're like, gosh, you know, we're really a grief wellness company is what we are. It's a celebration of life and grief wellness.
0: Right. And you're taking the person through a journey over time and time, time, time helps, uh, you know, grieving, uh, grieving also. And so they're kind of going through that, through that journey and so you know actually now could be a time when people want to do that more so right because they're not able to have a live funeral with people and so um you're 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 sharing that so um one thing i wanted to um couple things i wanted to touch back on before we end is um do do you think there that e-commerce or brands in general are not taking advantage of storytelling Enough obviously in in your product it's kind of like a big part of you know sh- yeah sharing why somebody did this and sharing their journey and how this helped them but probably you could say for a lot of brands they're just trying to sell you a product maybe and they're not kind of telling that that story do, do you do you think this could apply across you know some somebody who's selling you know a fitness product or um, a wellness or supplements or or sort of any any product online?
1: Uh, heck yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, it, storytelling is is the superpower of everything, whether it's, you know, your sales, your marketing, your leadership. Like, you know, if you're a good storyteller, you're going to really captivate your audiences and, you know, they're going to have an emotional connection to you. So, you know, especially if you're a commoditized product, you know, that's, yeah, that, that it's hard to figure out what do we differentiate on just saying another feature, you know, is like, meh, but if you can, you know, then build an emotional connection, you know, with your customer and they're like, I just love this company and I love this brand, you know, like that's going to be the loyalty that they keep coming back to you, even though your product is pretty much on par with, you know, what your right. competitor is. Um, you know, we did, early on, like we actually started by bootstrapping a turn before we fundraised. And I remember our first ever investment that was like a big investment was in our brand identity, um, our brand identity work. And, um, you know, basically that's getting kind of a, a creative brand agency to sit down with you and do a bunch of stakeholder interviews with, you know, you and your customers and, you know, other people in your industry and, and really like dig to the core of like, what is your core story? And like, what is it like, what is your brand all about? What is a turnover about? What's the the change that we're driving in the world? What's the bigger ideas that we're attaching ourselves to? Um, you know, because just talking about ashes to diamonds is like, okay, kind of novel, kind of weird, you know, whatever. But changing a culture around death, grief, and remembrance and being the leading brand that's going to drive grief, wellness in America, like that's a big deal. Um, and so, you know, i still go back to that $10,000 we spent in the beginning and being like, that was the best investment we ever made. You know, that set the tone for all of our PR strategy, all of our video marketing strategies, you know, et cetera. So yeah, I I can't emphasize it enough. Um, What's the razor company? Like great case in point. Um,
0: Dollar Shave Club or? Dollar Shave
1: Shave Club, thank you. Yeah, you know, like that one video is like, put them on the map. Um, And razors are like the ultimate commodity, so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. um, And so, you know, telling, telling that story or, yeah, and and I think what they, what Dollar Shave Club did was, yeah, they told the story of why you shouldn't be spending crazy amount of money, right. With your other people, like all things are the same. Like we're, you know, here's, here's why you shouldn't be spending a ton of money, but that was, that was their, their story. Um, And I think, yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of brands are sort of missing, missing the the picture on telling, telling a good brand story, especially, yeah, if you're a commoditized um, product. So, um, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, any, you know, sharing any, um, sort of lessons learned along the way of, of entrepreneurship, um, whether it's overcoming challenges or like, what's, what would be the one, one piece of advice to, um, sort of give another, uh, another entrepreneur that, um, you know, especially right now that might be dealing with challenges in their business, or maybe they're dealing with crazy demand and, you know, they're going out of stock on products. Like there's so many, so many different things that are coming up now. Um, Mm -hmm. one, one piece of advice to, uh, to kind of pass on.
1: Gosh. Um, I would say, I mean, certainly something that always has, has served us really well is just having very strong, advisors, and I love my angels. A lot of my angel investors are like just the most awesome people you can pick up the phone to and they're all founders and all entrepreneurs that have had exits and like been there, done that, Being like, okay, you know, help me think about this. Like, here's how I'm thinking about this stressed. Can you stress test this for me? Um, so whenever you feel like you don't really know how to approach something, you're doing it for the first time, like having somebody that's a phone call away that can just give you some comfort and like, okay, you know, I've got a backstop here. Um, that feels really helpful, and and the other thing I'd say too is like realizing, you know, just it's so hard to be an entrepreneur, you know, not just from like an endurance and and business side of it, but you know, there's just like you have to do so much work on yourself, especially as you start um, hiring and and growing a team. Like you have to move from an individual contributor to a people manager and like a leader, and there's all these like crazy expectations that people have of you, and all of a sudden you're like whoa, like, what is this like CEO role where people view me very differently now? And, and so it's, it's definitely just kind of a a crazy, surreal journey. And just, you know, I've always taken comfort when people are like, you're not alone, like, go join EO so that you have other people to talk to who are having a similar experience. Um, And just knowing that it can be like, excruciatingly hard to just have to completely like rewire yourself to be a good leader and, you know, um, to kind of grow into those bigger shoes. Um, but that's normal and part of the process and, you know, something that I literally am teaching or reminding myself of today, because I'm definitely not there yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Right. Poor commitment. laughs> it's a journey and a, and a work in progress. Um,
1: yeah, um,
0: and yeah, you know, when we met, I think, um, I was wearing like a Tony Robbins hat. Yeah. you know going through that and and yeah i think um you only you only your business only grows when your business only grows when you grow personally right and when you work when you work on on yourself um and that's kind of like a continuous continuous thing of getting you know trying to get better every day um last question any um best like book recommendation either something you're reading right now or um something that can you know that resonated with you that helped you um, in your business journey?
1: Hmm. Yes. Let me, I'm literally open up my audible. Hmm. I'm, I'm really enjoying right now. Um, take control of your life. Mel Robbins. Uh-huh. Um, ironically, same last name as Tony Robbins. And, yeah. um, I, she's just phenomenal. I, I think that she, she's so great in helping you see, where fear can drive um a lot of things in your life like it's crazy you know when you start realizing when you have a reaction to something um like a she makes you think a lot about kind of the physicality of um any reaction that you have this like if you're very in tune to it you have these physical you know indicators that you know stress is coming or anxiety is coming etc and you have a window of time to control it and change it and prevent that from happening and a lot of that ties back to fear. And, and she just unpacks it in a way that like is way more thoughtful than I've ever heard anybody talk about it before. Um, and she's just super like, you know, real talk. And and yeah. I love how she, uh, she does facilitated sessions in the book, you know, with her and somebody else. And then she'll kind of break down what was yeah. happening in that conversation, what's kind of the subcontext and um so yeah, that one I'm super digging. If you're into self improvement, you know, that's a good one.
0: Nice, <laughs> hey, awesome. I'm I'm listening to Fifty Cents book right now. Um Oh cool. Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter. Um it's pretty good. Um has has a lot of good good lessons on, on why he's had such massive success. Um going from music to, to TV and not just being like a rapper. Um yeah. you know, like so many others. So um it's it's pretty good. Um well Awesome. I really appreciate you you coming on. Um, I recommend you know if you're listening, um, you check out the website uh, eternova.com. Um You can see um, you can see a little bit of the business, and then you can also see this kind of uh, newer way to celebrate somebody's life and um, memorialize them. Something you, you maybe haven't seen before. Um, and thank you so much for uh, coming on the show.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to the episode with Adele. If you enjoyed it, please share it as well as join our Facebook group called Ecommerce Mindset Group, and I'll see you on the next episode of the E-Commerce Mindset Podcast.